and welcome to episode number four of the Modern Classrooms podcast. My name is Zach Diamond, taking over hosting duties from Kareem this week, and I'm joined by two great guests. Both are all-star educators who excel at building positive relationships with students. On my internet left, Mr. Michael Carr, high school math teacher and Modern Classrooms implementer at West Potomac High School in Northern Virginia. How are you, Mike? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Of course. And on my internet right, Tony Rose Deannon, a former colleague of mine and now an instructional coach for technology at the Overlake School in Redmond, Washington. Hey, Tony Rose. Hi, excited to be here. Yeah, we're, I'm excited to have both of you. We've been talking before the call here and it's, it's been it's been fun. So I'm excited to see how this goes. Um, our topic for today is relationships and social emotional learning, particularly now that we're in this sort of distance learning mode, but maybe more and more generally social emotional learning and relationships in terms of the modern classrooms model. And we, 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 you know, Kareem and Kate and I were talking before we recorded this several weeks ago about who we could get on this call to talk about relationship building with us. And the two of you came right to mind. Um, and we, you know, Part of what's so great about this model, in my opinion, is how it lets us cultivate authentic relationships with students in the classroom, like real relationships that you can feel and you can see their effect. And I want to sort of tease that out, talk about that, and also talk about strategies that teachers can use now that we're in the distance learning format, drawing on the model to make that happen in distance learning as well. Um, but I want to, I guess, start off the conversation really sort of laying the groundwork and talking about what we mean, and I, I guess what you all mean as well, when you talk about relationships in the classroom. I remember when I was a first year teacher, it was a word that gets thrown around a lot. And I really didn't understand what was meant in the professional developments that I was attending, right? By student, you know, relationships with students, positive relationships. It was like the end all be all, but it just didn't make sense to me until I started with modern classrooms, really. Um, but I'm curious to hear the understanding that you have now of what relationships are in the classroom and how they can be beneficial and what that means for you. Michael, do you want to go first? So um, I like to think of myself as your child's favorite teacher, um, not friend, uh, mind you. Um, and I think for me, relationship building is trying as hard as possible to be judgment free when talking to kids. Um, unless of, of course, it's a matter of professionalism, like some things we're legally obligated to report. But other than that, just listening and not trying to be a teacher all the time. Um, for instance, today, one of my kids uh, that I've had a couple years told me that he's now, he lives, him and his mom moved out from his dad and he's paying rent and working and he started to badmouth his dad. And we have like a natural tendency to like, you know, don't do that. Like, don't do that instead of, but I, instead of that, I just listen because I don't know the guy. So um, I figure it's better to to kind of keep that relationship with my student pristine instead of trying to defend a person that I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that because it's like if you were to come in and step in and defend the other person, it's like you're taking away the student's voice too. And I think that a big part of this is is listening to the students and just letting them be who they are. And it's not so much the relationship, but it's more like letting the student just be themselves and you being the person who's sort of in charge in the classroom, letting them do that. How about you, Tony Rose? What do you, what do you think? How would you define relationships in the classroom? I mean, I think I definitely have to go with what Michael was saying. I too like to um, go for that favorite teacher award. And I do um, for relationships, I make sure that, you know, I tell my students we're human beings first. Um, and so we kind of have to take care of each other um, and have a way to communicate, uh, like communicate about our needs or wants um, before we can really dive into like the deeper learning. Right. Um, and so I make sure whenever I teach, whenever I start a new class, a new school year, um, that I'm authentically myself. Um, and I am showing and sharing who I am as a person so that they kind of understand like, Hey, Ms. Z is also human. Um, she's not just a teacher. Um, and so it just kind of opens up, um, a trusting relationship where students are able to share with me a lot of different things. Um, and then I make sure to show up for them whenever they need me. Um, and I think my, 
my fifth grade teacher, my fifth grade English teacher, Miss Tidwell, was actually the one who made me realize how important relationships are between teacher and students. Um, because, you know, as students, we spend so much time at school. Um, and it's really nice to have that trusted adult. And I experienced that as a fifth grader. And ultimately, that's that school year um, led me to want to be a teacher, because if she can do that, I can also do that. And I wanted to just make sure that I could provide a safe space for my students so that they're able to excel and succeed and like do all of these really cool things um, together and independently. Um, and so that's how I've just always viewed relationships. Um, I, you know, I do, I do try to know more about pop culture. My, my students keep me young, right? So, and I, I feel like it's always a challenge to keep up with like the lingo and keeping up with the social, you know, social media that's really out and, and um, popular right now. And so, um, I think also just making sure that they know I'm willing to learn from them because I don't know everything um, also is another way for us to establish that relationship. Um, and so, again, just like being a human being first and being empathetic, um, that's what a relationship is about because it leads to trust, right? Yeah. But I remember I remember at the end of last year when we actually when we first started distance learning, you were teaching like over TikTok, right? I was. <laughs> And it was really funny because my sixth graders all school year long were, you know, were like, Ms. D, you have to try out TikTok. And I was so adamant. I was like, no, I already have all of these other social media stuff that I need to, to focus on. I can't do another one. And then quarantine hit. And I saw that a lot of my students were using TikTok and we were writing narratives. So I was like, hey, what's another cool way to do some kind of micro learning for them? Because they're always on TikTok anyway. Um, and so I started creating videos and they like loved it. It was great. Yeah, I mean, that's, but even just the very fact of using TikTok and like you being open to that as a possibility, I think makes you the kind of teacher who would be a favorite teacher, you know, because it's not like, it's not like you're acting cool for them. It's just like you're letting the thing that they like be a part of the classroom. I don't know. Would you see it that way? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, I can't, I can't beat, you know, TikTok, right? Like, that's what the kids <laughs> are so into right now. So I was like, you know what, let me use this as a leverage. And this could be a teaching tool. Um, and it was a great way too. I'm um, seeing uh, the other teachers using TikTok. And so I was like, okay, teachers are teaching teachers, let me use this to teach my students. Um, and so I would just like get comments and text messages from my students like Miss D, that was so dumb, but it was great. <laughs> so I think, you know, being open to making mistakes as well is is a great way to um, establish those relationships. Yeah, because it's authentic, right? We want to show the kids in order to be a part of a relationship with a student, you have to also sort of be open to being yourself, right? And not pretending to be the person who's in charge of the classroom, because that that's not necessarily who you are. Um, so I guess the other term, social emotional learning or SEL, it's like this, this sort of buzzword that's getting thrown around, especially right now, it really is a very popular word and term. Um, well, it's a term, not a word. Uh, and I'm curious, like, in your classrooms, what that looks like, how, and even just getting back to the general idea of relationship with students, like, what, what does that look like? You mentioned that you'll show up for the kids. I mean, if you're teaching 100 different kids, how, what does this look like in the moment in the classroom? I'm trying to put myself back in the, like, first year Mr. Diamond, deer in the headlights in the classroom. Like, I don't know what relationships means. So, like, what does it look like in the classroom when you're building these relationships and cultivating social emotional learning? Yeah, I think it's more so, um, you know, nonverbal cues, right? So greeting students outside the door, that's really impactful because you can kind of gauge how they're feeling as they walk in to your classroom. And so that's a really quick way for you to say like, oh, this student's not having a good day. Let me go and have that conversation just to make sure that they're okay. Or if they need to take a break or if there's anything that I can do um, to make sure that they're okay, essentially. Um, and so with the modern classroom uh, model, it was beautiful because we created essentially an SEL do now where the students were able to share how they were feeling, um, what their goals are for the day. Um, and then as well, like there was another question that I added, what is bringing you joy right now? Um, 
And it's really interesting because, you know, the students were kind of like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, well, you know, something that makes you happy. Or if you don't have anything that makes you happy, give me some tea, right? Like what's going on in sixth grade or what's going on in like in your life? Um, And so kids then open up and share all of these things and we can like chuckle about it. um, And it's all for fun. Um, And so the Modern Classroom Project has allowed me to really dig deeper with those conversations, right? And so with the do now, um, it's color coded as to who's having a, like not having a good day, essentially. And so I can go ahead and immediately sit down next to them, be like, hey, everything cool? I saw your do now. Um, Is there anything I can do? Um, Or like, whenever you're ready, I'm here. If you want to talk about it, great. If not, just know that I'm here. Um, And so just kind of understanding that our students have lives outside of school. Um, and so just being empathetic and understanding about it, but also holding them accountable and um, still ex- still having high expectations for them. Um, they really do respect that, right? Um, and then as far as showing up, of course, like you have 100 students, it doesn't mean that all 100 of them are going to invite you to something, right? So you have like your particular students who are like, Ms. D, go to this like basketball game. I'm, I'm going to play basketball. Like I have a game today, come show up. Um, and so I get these invites um, and then I show up just for like, it's not all the time. It's just whenever I have time um, and that one time, and it could be literally 10, 15 minutes that I showed up, like makes a huge difference the next day. Cause then they'd be like, Miss D was at my game. Miss D saw me do this. Um, and then of course, like families are there. So it's just a really great way to just like touch base. Um, and so I love seeing my students outside of the school um, just because I know they have lives outside of school. So I want to respect that as well. Sure. Mike, what about you? I mean, you mentioned that that story you were telling about a student who told you about something really personal in his his family. I'm curious, like how you get to a place like that with it, with a student. Three words, open door policy. So that kid I met before he was my student, um, my students feel very comfortable dropping in no matter what. And thanks in part to the modern classrooms model, because I'm not lecturing. They know that they're not interrupting a lesson, so to speak. But my door is really always open and it becomes part of the culture. Like my students in my class know that other students will be dropping by every day. I get like 10 visitors a class period. And I think that's because I've noticed that teachers treat the students that they teach like it's kind of like, that's my group, that those are my kids. I treat all the students as if they're my students. So I don't have 100 students. I have 2,600 students. Or I would I would strive for that because that's how many students are at my school. So my students bring friends. My students from past years drop in. And we just kind of chop it up. And the students who are new can see that relationship. And it kind of it builds confidence. It's like, oh, Mr. Carr is cool. Oh, we can talk to Mr. Carr. Clearly, look, there's 10 kids coming like during lunch or whenever to just talk to him. Um, And I also think for social emotional learning, you cannot be afraid to address issues in the moment. I know a lot of times we like to focus on the content and kind of shove the social emotional learning to the side. But I think you need to be fearless. And like if, if you see something that needs to be addressed, you need to stop class, stop what you're doing and talk talk to the students that are involved and then include other other students in the class as well or just from listening uh they can kind of learn something but i i see the job as 50 50 50 percent teaching content and 50 percent just being there social socially and emotionally for the students yeah yeah i mean you just said a lot of things that made me think a lot of things about the model i mean I think that just the idea of a classroom that kids can walk into, you called it an open door policy, but but just the sort of environment in a classroom where a kid can walk in and not feel that pressure of like, you know, it's hard to be a, a high school student and a middle school student and like where a kid can just walk in and sit down and kind of chill, you know, and talk to you, maybe talk to their friends and you're there. They can eat lunch in your room. At least that was my experience. I don't know if they can eat in your room. Um, but, you know, like just that sort of, more relaxed atmosphere. And you, you know, you talked about stopping class in, in a modern classrooms class, there's almost nothing to stop. I think that's one of the great things about the model. Like you, you're never, you know, you talk about being their, their favorite teacher. It's not because you're the best at standing up and teaching them math, right? It's because they know you care about them and they, they might not care about math at all. 
And it doesn't stop you from caring about them. At least that's my own. I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, but that's my experience with my students. I don't care if they care about music in my classroom, but they know that I care about them. And so, you know, I, I'm not standing up there teaching them. That's not what makes me a good teacher for them. What makes me a good teacher, I think, if they think of me that way, is that if they're feeling upset, like they can pause the music learning because that's not as important for them right now as whatever's going on, um, which can range from, you know, silly things that little kids have to go through to much more serious things like the the personal sort of family stuff. Exactly. And I kind of took it as a personal challenge that most students' favorite teachers are elective teachers because it's like not such a focus on the content. Um, so I was like, how can I create that in the math classroom? So, it, you, you know, you're exactly right. Like, I think that is what it is. Yeah. And I think that that's a great way to transition into this next topic, which is really more focused on modern classrooms and the model. And I, I mean, my personal, the moment that I realized what relationships means um, as not as a buzzword anymore, but something that I was making happen in my classroom was when I stopped lecturing. I think that the, and I've talked about this with Kareem on previous episodes too, but the, the lecture is really one of the toughest parts of being a teacher. Um, it's stressful and you, you spend most of the time telling kids to be quiet. I mean, I did, I wasn't like a great sort of like, uh, that kind of teacher that really can command the attention of 20 kids, um, I'm not that kind of teacher. And so I would spend most of it, you know, being angry. <laughs> and when I had the opportunity to not do that anymore, I could relax myself. And, and that helped, helped me to be a more positive teacher for them. But it also meant that I could walk around and like talk to the kids because I wasn't lecturing anymore. And not only did they not see me as this angry dude, like standing up there yelling at them anymore, they also knew that I would listen to them. Like if they wanted to talk to me about something that wasn't related, they weren't interrupting anything. They were taking their own time away from working on whatever lesson was on pace, or maybe they were ahead and they could spend some time talking to me about whatever unrelated to music or music that they like. And, and that's, I think, you know, the model is really, it really does cultivate relationships in the classroom in an authentic way. Um, what was what was your experience with that? I mean, like specifically regarding the model. So it takes some getting used to. Um, but what I developed is the like tendency to just talk all the time. Like I'm like constantly either talking to students or talking to myself out loud to give them entry points. Uh, so like if I notice something or if I think of something, a thought pops in my head, I'm just like, what do you guys think of that? And it's helping out a ton in virtual learning because it's so awkward, but I'm constantly talking. If I notice something on their video or if a song pops in my head, I'm like, have you heard, I just heard uh dance monkey on the kids bop version. And I loved it. And they're like, officer oh, car, you're so corny. Or I just saw this movie and you know, like whatever. But I think that it's important also to not just be talking all the time, but also to be listening when students those precious times where they do say something. And the most important actionable part of that is to try the things they suggest. And sometimes they're actually good things. So one example is lo-fi hip hop. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. Great work music, no lyrics. And there's this artist called Chilled Cow. And he, I think he's a genius. So if you're out there listening and you want some classroom music, play Chilled Cow, lo-fi hip hop. Um, because I think adults have a tendency to think that kids don't know what they're talking about but they are the future they create the trends so you know i think we should be listening when they do have the courage or just dare to speak up yeah and that's that's really um funny that you mentioned that michael because i'm always asking the students what they think um and if there's like a blind spot that i missed right my students will always hold me accountable for it and i think they appreciate that um because you know with the modern classroom project you have your your reflections right so your students are able to rate how they did and then rate how the lesson went um and any changes and so students really um react well 
when um, they give you feedback the day before, and then you were able to implement it right away. Um, and then you'll hear like comments. I know like I, I've done that a couple of times and it's literally kids would be like, oh, Miss D actually listened. And then they're even more invested in the in the class, right? Um, and I love this model just because like we said, you know, like lectures, there's no more lectures. Um, I tend to just, um, I, you know, I see my students when I'm lecturing or when I'm doing a mini lesson, kind of like glaze over, um, you know, and you can kind of see that, you know, they're daydreaming, they're off somewhere else. Um, and when we started implementing this modern classroom model, um, it was so interesting because one of my kids is like, oh man, Ms. D, I can't, I can't fake it anymore. <laughs> and I was like, no, you actually can't. He was like, oh, I have to know these stuff. Like, I can't just say that I did it and, and that's it. And I'm like, you know, so having those conversations and, and also just like being able to, um, play around with them. Right. So, um, when, when distance learning started, um, because of COVID, um, I wanted to really just check in with my students and how they're doing. And so like the first five, 10 minutes of classes, we would just talk about like, Hey, what have you been watching on Netflix or what have you been doing? Um, and it's okay to not do anything. Right. And so we talked about that. Um, but I've gotten like really great recommendations for TV shows. Um, like, you know, you said music, um, it's, it's just been really interesting. And I, and, you know, again, like our students are just so brilliant. If I don't know something and I'm like, Hey, can you all figure this out? They'll figure it out in a heartbeat and then show me how to do it. And then I'm good to go. Um, and I love that part of my job because we're learning from each other. Um, and that's what I always tell my students is that like, Hey, I'm going to learn from you. You're going to learn from me. I'm, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know it all. So, and that's okay. And it's okay if you don't know it all. And it's okay if you mess up. Um, and I, I just love all the little conversations that I've had ever since I've implemented this model. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's a really great point. And I, I remember thinking again back to that, that first year when I was trying to figure out what relationships mean. And, and like, I would be told, these are sort of teacher cliches, the things that you're saying, right? But in the modern classroom, in a modern classroom's class, it like becomes real because there's nothing to like manage really. Uh, a kid can have that conversation with you and it has no effect on any of the other students, right? I mean, the effect that it has is that they see you authentically interacting and they'll, they'll want to do it too. It's a positive effect. But I would always think like how, you know, this kid wants to talk with me about something funny and cool and I, I want to talk with him about it. But I have a kid over here who's like pouring paint on this other kid's head and I have a kid over here who's like running around and these five kids aren't. And it's just like, how do you find the time, right, to 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 have those authentic interactions with kids and show them that you care and show them that you'll learn from them? when the classroom is, is so hard to manage, right? And modern classrooms just took that away because the kids are all doing something. There's always something for them to do. Um, and there's almost never anything for me to do, like formally, you know? I remember Kareem would walk into my classroom to like see how it was going, see how I was implementing the model. And I would stand there talking to Kareem for 10 minutes. And the class would just happen. And I was just, I was just like, this is, I, would, I was like giddy. Like, this is ridiculous. And I would have that also that same experience of, you know, the class is happening. Sometimes there's stuff to manage, but most of the time kids are sort of buzzing along doing their thing. And I would get into a conversation with a kid about like taxes or whatever. Um, I always talk about that one conversation that I had with this one student about property taxes for some reason. I'm like tax brackets. He was curious. And I was like, let's talk about tax brackets. And I had a whiteboard right there. So I started writing stuff. Like, it's just like the model frees you up in this way that, you get back more time than just the five to 10 minutes of lecture. I, I don't know how that works exactly, but like it just, do, do you feel that too? Like it frees you up to, to just sit with the kids and chill. Yeah. I mean, when I first started implementing this, I was like you, I was like, wait, it's just the second day of school and the class itself is like on its own. Right. Um, and I was like, okay, what am I doing? Like, should I sit over here? Should I sit over there? Like, I'm just walking everywhere trying to figure out what I was going to do because I wasn't used to it. Um, but then I remember like Kareem came in and saw me and, you know, he was like, hey, you're doing a lot. Like, why don't you like go of some of that control and, you know, let the kids like actually learn um, and do the model themselves? Because I was still giving them a lot of guidance and there was like really no need. I just needed to step back. Um, and when I stepped back, it was like beautiful. Um, 
So, and you know, that was when I was like, okay, like, Hey, how are you? What's up? You know, just talking to kids. <laughs> and I just really enjoyed that part of it. Um, and then when I saw that, you know, some students were struggling with the concept, then, you know, having a small group and having that conversation and seeing where everyone was struggling, but then also having a good time talking in that group, but also learning. Um, it's just, I, I, I just love this model just because it just frees up my time to have conversations with kids. And the interesting thing, too, is that the classroom running by itself, uh, is a, a large part is due to the model, but it's also a indicator of success in relationship building. And I have to tell the story, but I was coming back from a meeting late from lunch. It was, I was like seven minutes late, which in teacher time is like, you might as well not show up. Like the kids are going crazy. Um, that's what's in that, that's what's in your mind. And I had left one student, one of my students that was there at lunch. I was like, I'm gonna close the door for now. If students show, if I'm late, let everyone in. And I got to class probably 10 minutes late and every student was working. And I'm like, what is this? And I think it was partly because like, if you're their favorite teacher, they don't want to disappoint you. They don't want to let you down. It's like, Mr. Carr gives us a ton of freedom anyway. So why are we going to act crazy when he's, we, we know there's a situation like let's not make him more stressed. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. That's a great point. It's also great for subs. Oh yeah. Unrelated to relationships. I was going to say that too, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I mean, just like what Michael says, you know, like if kids like love you, they will do anything and everything for you. Um, And me like going to um, professional development, like sessions or being outside of classes, my students were able to just pick up where they left off. Um, And then because like we had that relationship, right. I would get emails and just be like, Ms. D like, hope you're doing well. Like we miss you. And this is what I'm working on. It's like really cute because they still email me and let me know what they're doing um, or like be like, Misty, can you update the pacing tracker? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's it's, it's really cute. Um, but it, it's, it works really well for, for subs, which is always the easy um, an easy option, too. Yeah, modern classrooms teachers are substitutes favorite teachers. Like if there's any substitute teachers listening, listening out there, like make sure you ask for modern classrooms teachers. Like, do you have any modern classrooms teachers that are out today? Um, I always get glowing reports like the subs like I just read a book and (laughs) everything still got accomplished. Yeah, I remember Monty was saying how she was she was on a grade level field trip and came back to her class and there was no teacher like there was just no sub, there was nobody and their class was just running by itself, like with no one, with no adult. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk about this a little bit more because this idea of being the favorite teacher, like, I think everybody probably wants that. And it's like, we all, we're humans. Like we want to be cool and we want to be friends with the kids. I guess not friends, but you know, we want to be their favorite teacher. But I, I also feel like when, when I was first starting off teaching, I was thinking like, yeah, I want to be that cool teacher that all the kids like, you know? And like, that was not successful for me. It was, it was a disaster. Like the kids will, if they don't like you, they will just, you know, it's not good. So like, I feel like there's, there's a fine difference though. And, and modern classrooms sort of gives you the tools to, to sort of just be yourself and relax and let yourself chill and let the kids chill too. Did you find, did you experience that as well? So I think that being, the favorite teacher is different than being the cool teacher. And yeah, some teachers are the cool teacher, but I think the thing that's more important is to be your authentic self because students can figure out if you're a phony in five seconds. And it's also like exhausting to try to be something you're not in front of 30 pairs of eyes. Like, you know, like it's just a recipe for disaster. So I've, I would suggest if you're, if you're the cool teacher, fine. But if you're like the uptight teacher, then be uptight about everything. And like, you know, like own it, own who you are. And I think the kids like come to respect that and they appreciate it. Yeah, most definitely. Um, it's, it's all about just being your authentic self. There's no need for you to try and put up a front. If you're not interested in something, don't be interested in it. Right. And you can just tell the kids like, nah, that doesn't interest me. Like when my kids talk about Minecraft, no, (laughs) I don't have any interest. Um, but I think again, just like being genuine, um, being genuinely yourself, they, they know when someone really cares about them and when someone's putting up a front. Yeah. And it's interesting too. I think that you can remain a student's favorite teacher, even if you say something that's pretty like harsh to them 
um, if you're doing it, it if, well, first of all, if they already know that you're coming from a, a place of good intentions, right? But you can say some pretty uh, difficult things to kids about their work, um, especially I teach music, right? So sometimes I have to just be like, look, this is very bad. Like you need to go back and do this again, or you need to fix this specific thing. Um, and And they'll still like you because they know that you're you're not doing it out of like spite or out of anything personal. Um, you're trying to help. And I think that that, that was something that really struck me uh, when I first started teaching was seeing that these, some of these really great teachers that were at the school that I was at uh, were able to be so mean to the kids, even see the kids failing that class and have them still sort of flock to that classroom, have that be their favorite class. Yeah. I think it's all about being authentic. I agree. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, is that um, as teachers, we also have to be comfortable and honest with who we are as people. Right. So if you're not comfortable with who you are and you're not you know, being honest with who you are, it's really hard to have to be comfortable and honest with other people, especially with students. Um, so I think that that's really powerful, too, because um, I know for me, like I own all of my mistakes. I own like some of my quote unquote, bad traits, right? Um, and so like, if a student calls me out for something, um, I immediately apologize, because I know like, oh, that wasn't like the right way to approach that. Or I may have said something that was like triggering or something, and I didn't know, um, I'm quick to, you know, apologize and not get defensive, if that makes sense. Yeah. So my students know, like, oh, yeah, like, this could be like, Miss D said something that wasn't cool. But then like when they approach me, I can own that and say, oh, I'm so sorry that I made you feel this way, right? What can I do to make the situation better? And I think, again, having those conversations and not, you know, being afraid of those types of conversations, um, kids are like, oh, she's down. Like we can talk to her about anything because they know that if if they say something that's like triggering or problematic or like, you know, inappropriate, um, they could learn from it too and not get reprimanded, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say, I'll go out on a limb a little bit and say, particularly as a white male teacher, it's really important to have those open ears to to the kids when they, when they call you out. I think so two things first, like just because you're an adult doesn't mean you're always right. And in every situation you need to think about what you possibly could have done wrong. And one story comes to mind, like one of my, one of the students I had a close relationship with a really rough kid grew up in a really rough neighborhood. Um, we're like friends on PlayStation, like really close. We got into like, it was borderline a physical altercation. And it was because he perceived something I'd done as disrespectful. Um, and so he left the class, the whole class. And then the next period luckily was my off period. So I looked up where his class was and went and talked to him. And he didn't hold that grudge. So that's another, like in terms of being harsh or, Cause I felt like I had to say what I had to say, but him being able to forgive me like same day, like right after it happened was just like amazing. And second thing is, I think it's important to leverage your relationships. And when I say that, I mean like two times I can think of a kid has really disrespected me and I didn't react in an angry way. I like responded by just simply freezing the kid out in all extracurricular Mr. Car time. So it was like all his friends would be like, I'm going to Mr. Car's for lunch or I'm going to Mr. Car's after school. And he knew he couldn't come. He, I didn't even say you can't come. He just dare not show up. And in both cases, after about a week of being blackballed, he, they, they apologize. Um, and, and that's, that's, yeah, that's a good point too. Um, you know, there was a student, um, she came in and was just like, cursing up a storm. Right. Um, and I had asked her to do something and she just kind of like, she was already angry and I could tell, but she ended up cursing me out in front of the class and I didn't respond. You know, there wasn't any kind of, I, there was just all neutral. Um, and I said, Hey, can you like step outside with me for a minute? Um, I just want to make sure everything is cool. And so, you know, I was talking to her and I was like, Hey, like, I know you're not upset with me. I know you're upset at a situation. I don't know what that situation is. Um, and then we just kind of had that conversation, you know, and she ended up saying, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to curse at you. Um, I was just feeling some type of way about this thing. And I think sometimes as teachers, like we can't take things personally um, when students are 
acting a certain way because it's something that happened outside of our classroom, even outside of school. And so I think like giving space for students and grace, right. If they come in with like a bad attitude or like something um, and just understanding like, this is not about me. It's something happening. So let's have a conversation to see what I can do for you. Another key to that is once they apologize, you automatically have to accept them again and treat them as if nothing happened. I think that's extremely important because they're still children. So you be careful about being the teacher that that holds the grudge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think these are all like really great examples of relationship building and the sort of benefits of relationship building in general. But to bring this back to the model, I think that like I'm imagining trying to teach in a traditional classroom and having that kid be there you know, like that's going to be the kid that's like trying to interrupt me and bother me and do all this stuff. But in a modern classrooms class, you know, it's like, you know, I, I just even thinking about it, I don't feel this sort of bi-directional pull of, so do I go deal with the kid or do I deal with the class? Like just, there's this less pressure on, on the teacher and also on the kid to, to be able to deal with that in the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's really cool. I think that, I think we all agree. I think we've been saying this, how about how the modern classrooms model is just so, so great at cultivating these relationships and giving us and the kids the space to do it. Um, I want to move on to our last topic here, which is again, sort of similar to the last episode of the podcast, addressing the sort of current moment, um, and the fact that a lot of us are not in our classrooms right now, right? We're doing distance learning. I know my school is uh, fully fully online and it will be, I think, for the foreseeable future, at least till the end of the first semester. Are your schools uh, online or are you having any classes in person? No, mine's all online. Mine too. Yeah. And so I, I, I think that like, it's interesting to talk about, um, I guess, the modern classrooms model in general is really is really conducive to distance learning and it makes the transition a little bit easier um, than maybe a traditional lecture model would. But I think that it's also interesting to think about relationships and the social emotional learning that people are really throwing around now as sort of what's being lost, um, in, in schools. And I'm curious, um, to talk about and to hear your opinions on what really is lost if you, if you have a modern classroom model of your class and, or I guess maybe what's not lost as well, like how, how you're maintaining these relationships, even when you're not physically present with the kids. Yeah, so our first day of school was um, very awkward because, you know, a lot of the students were just very silent um, and because they don't know each other and it's all online. So it's all a very uncomfortable new space. Um, but I think, again, just like starting out with like it could either be like fun facts. Um, I know with me, I start out with a selfie, right, of myself and then having conversations with students about what can you infer about Ms. D.? Um, based on this selfie. So then it's like incorporating, you know, selfies, which a lot of them have, um, and talking about inferences um, versus assumptions um, and versus bias, right? Or even like looking at the big picture. But um, I always just start the conversation out with like, hey, here's something I want us to look at. What do you all think? Um, there's no right or wrong. So like we use the chat feature on that if they don't want to um, vocalize what they're saying, but just giving students different options um, to participate in is I think is really powerful. Um, and so it is very tricky to start off creating and establishing relationships online, um, but it's doable once you continue having like the same procedures, um, check-ins with students, consistent check-ins with students, very important, just so that you can know like what every kid's needs and wants are. Um, so, you know, we're going on our second week of school now. I think students are starting to warm up. Um, it's still a little bit stressful because, you know, there's a lot of like, other things that they have to figure out as far as like links to click on so that they could be in the right classes. Um, but I think students are now getting a little bit more comfortable. Um, and I know definitely in middle school, like they're getting pumped, like seeing faces every single day. Um, and so it's been, it's been definitely challenging. Um, but I think again, just like with consistency, it'll definitely get better. Yeah. Mike, what about you? That student you were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, you that was in distance learning? Yes. So he's a student I had before, let me be clear. Always in, if you had students before, definitely leverage them. Definitely leverage them as soon as possible. Like call them out, make jokes, you know, like, you know, cause, and he, like, he was late to class and he kind of, he tried to sneak in 
And I was like, hey, Kelvin, nice to see you. You know, like, you know, where you been? And he didn't say anything for a while. And then I just like kept referring to him and he was like, Mr. Carr, chill. I'm asleep. Like, I'm, I'm still asleep. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, so I asked him to stay after class for a different reason because I don't need to talk to him about something else. And then he ended up telling me that story. So obviously he was going through a hard time. So leverage, leverage kids that, you know, also try to be perceptive in identifying the outgoing kids on like the first day, like the kids that'll say hi in the chat or the kids that'll turn on their cameras. Like I call them out by name. I'm like, thanks for turning on your camera. Like, what's up? Like, how you doing? Um, kids that say anything in the chat, same thing, acknowledge them. And just for me, like I have to, I'm talking a lot in the virtual setting because the biggest thing that was lost for me was like that face, that FaceTime. Like my, my love language is physical touch. And I'm like unapologetically, you know, that guy. Um, I know like teachers like love to like say, stay away from that, stay away from that. And to some degree, you know, you have to be cautious, but if you have the relationships, it's less of a, it's less of a deal. But and like in order to kind of, cause I was feeling really bad. I was like, my biggest strength is relationship building. And like, we're going virtual, like, like cut my legs from under me. Why don't you, you know, like, <laughs> um, but no, I just think, you know, talking, finding talking points, finding entry points for the students as much as possible. And some, a lot of the strategies that you use in person, like they have like digital alternatives, like fist to five, like there's a, you know, there's different, like on Google slides, there's an, Pear Deck add-on, uh, P-E-A-R space D-E-C-K. Pear Deck is free. It turns any Google slide into an interactive, and they have a lot of templates, and a lot of them are check-in templates. So you can do fist to five, uh, which is like on a scale of one to five, how are you feeling? Uh, how are you feeling today? Thumbs up, thumbs down. They have like the mood meter. So all those things that we were doing in person, it, they have there's some digital tools that allow you to do the same thing virtually and kind of broadcast that back to the the students. Yeah, and I want to add on to Michael. That's a really good point with names. Even though we're virtual, it's still so powerful to say names, right? Like whenever you see students, just like greeting them with their names because they just love it. Um, but also ensuring that you're pronouncing it correctly. Um, so one thing that we started doing at school um, was doing Flipgrid introductions. So students are able to say their names and so we'll know how to pronounce them correctly. Um, and then we'll have that recording as well, so just in case we forget or whatnot. Um, and, you know, in my <laughs> where I'm at now is like it's a brand new school um, is brand new position. Like everything's brand new. I don't know anyone. Um, and so I've just, you know, just been popping in and out of different classes and just kind of touching base with like one or two students just to make sure they're good. Um, and so that's been nice. So check in, check ins, like what you were doing before in your classes, you should continue to do in virtual learning. Yeah, this is, this is something that I've been thinking about. It's been going around in my head a lot lately. I like, I wonder if there are, um, so Pear Deck and Flipgrid are awesome, and I, I've used both. Um, I also think that teachers are kind of getting bombarded with, like, tech tools right now. And so I'm wondering um, what, like, I guess I don't, I'm, I'm struggling to put this into words, but there are some things that we just do in the classroom that are perfectly natural. They're normal. We just do them. And then we're trying to replicate them on Zoom now. And I'm wondering if there are other, like, new activities, new class things. You mentioned uh, fist to five, things like that. Um, just sort of like protocols, activities that are more native to an online space. Um, do you feel like those tools are those things or is there something else? I don't know. I mean, Tony Rhodes, you are an instructional coach for technology, right? So I'm, I, I guess you probably have some perspective on this. Yeah. I don't know. Cause like we're using, um, Brent, like I'm, I ha I'm having to switch from Google from Google Suite to Microsoft, right? Um, I specifically with Zooms, like it's just I just enable like utilize the chat a lot um, and the reactions. I really love the reactions, um, and so that's how I know like students are engaged. Um, and the breakout rooms is really powerful too, just to kind of like work in a smaller group. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm still kind of struggling with like what other tools there are that could be useful or strategies that don't overwhelm teachers. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Like I don't have the answers either. <laughs> you know, I, 
I feel like. Yeah, no, no, you didn't put me in the spot. This is something that I've also been thinking about. Um, it's a great question. <laughs> so I've tried to shift away from replicating to thinking about how can my time be used efficiently for relationship building. And one thing that I found is I've been spending a lot of energy trying to be purposeful. So there's one concrete strategy. It's called the five by five strategy. And it's good because it's like it's a physical manifestation of, of relationship building. What you do is you print out your class roster and you pick five kids either at random or systematically. Like maybe you want to start with the kids who you haven't talked to yet. And you uh, just think about them for five minutes each in a holistic way. You know, it's like even like even if they haven't talked to you, it's like, OK, like what what did you perceive about this child? You know, like what what could be going on or what do you think? And just like meaningfully asking yourself and, and that way you, you kind of ensure and you like check them off and you kind of ensure that like you don't leave kids out. Cause the thing is like the kids who the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So like the kids who feel the most comfortable talking to you, you might end up spending a lot of time talking with them and not focusing on all your students. So, and, and so something that came out of this for me last year, um, there was a girl really quiet who didn't talk to me really all school year, but I would always make it a point to talk to her because I had been thinking about her. Um, and then over the summer, her mom emails me and I have to do like an evaluation. She's getting an evaluation done for something and she needs a trusted adult's like evaluation of her. And she was like, well, she said Mr. Carr is the only teacher she trusts. And I was like, what? Like <laughs> she barely said two words to me like all year, but like, I think it was because of the culture and because like I would be thinking about her, even though she was quiet, that I would like make it a point to check in or notice things that were different, uh, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, that's really interesting. It's, it's like not student facing. Yeah. That's really interesting to me. I don't know. I've never heard of that, but it's in the show notes. <laughs> we have, we have fantastic show notes. Kate is on the call here doing a great job with our show notes. Um, I guess that's that's as great a place as any then to wrap things up with our fantastic guests. This has been such a great conversation. Do be sure to stay tuned after I let Tony Rose and Mike go because I have a love from our teachers segment to play for you. To see those fantastic show notes that Kate has been typing up, you can head to modernclassroomspodcast.fireside.fm slash four. You can always learn more about our work at www.modernclassrooms.org, where you can learn all about the model for free at learn.modernclassrooms.org. You can find out all about the kind of stuff we're talking about, that lecture-free classroom, um, those relationships. It's all in there. If you're looking for more comprehensive support, you can check out the virtual mentorship program where you can get personalized support from an actual modern classroom implementer like Tony Rose or Mike. You're both mentors, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, so we're here for you. We're here to help you implement your own modern classroom, develop those relationships with kids, put the relationships and the kids front and center. Thank you both for joining me. Do you have um, any social media that you'd like to plug? Tony Rose, I kind of have a feeling you do. <laughs> yeah, um, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter at Classroom Flex. So just Classroom and then F-L-E-X. Yeah, I remember remember seeing that on your classroom wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a much cooler teacher than me. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not really I, I'm not really on quote unquote social media like that. I do have a Twitter. Um I'm more of an observer, but I do post things very sparingly. Like obviously I'm gonna post this. Well <laughs> um, my Twitter handle is mcar. 12, 13, 14. And no, that's not a bot account. That's actually my anniversary. That's my anniversary date. And my wife's a genius. She made that the date. So I'd never forget. And we haven't thought about forgetting the anniversary in six years. So. <laughs> well oh, done. That, well yeah, that is, that is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm looking at the number now in the show notes. It's, it's very easy to remember. Um, <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at ZP Diamond. You can follow uh, Modern Classrooms at Twitter as well at Modern Class Proj. And I know that the Facebook group is also super active. Tony Rose, you're in the Facebook group too, right? Um, yes. That's facebook.com slash modern class Praj. Kareem is not here, but he's at Kareem Farah 23 
on Twitter. And Kate Gaskell, who is secretly here listening in and typing up the show notes, is at Gaskill underscore teacher. Well, this was really fun. I'm really happy that I had both of you joining me today. This was a great conversation. Michael Carr, thank you so much for joining me. Not a problem. Love doing it. And Tony Rose Dannon, thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. What an absolute pleasure it was having that conversation with Tony Rose and Mike. They both had such interesting perspectives and it was really fun for me to talk with them. And I hope that it was just as interesting to listen to because they both had really great ideas. I think even though they had different perspectives, we all agree on how important those relationships are. And I think we also agree on how well this model, how effectively this model can help us cultivate those relationships. You know, it's something you hear when teachers talk about the model. They just get so excited about it because... It really does give us the tools to build those relationships and also just to teach better in general, to do all these things we've always wanted to do. So I want to play you this Love From Our Teachers recording from a teacher named Kyle Gerald, who's in upstate New York, and he talks about how the model gave him those tools that he was looking for as well. Hello, my name is Kyle Gerald, and I took the Modern Classroom Professional Development course in the summer of 2020. When I was taking the course, I was a sixth grade social studies and science teacher, and now I'm currently a middle school computer technology teacher in Dunkirk, New York. Uh, there is so much positive that came out of taking this course. I truly felt like I grew as an educator, and I finally felt what I wanted my uh, blended classroom to look like. I spent years trying to perfect what this would look like in my classroom, and finding this course was a godsend. It really helped me transform my class into the environment I was looking for. Um, also, when working with your peers and your mentors, it's really just a small group setting, so you feel like you get to know one another. And if your goal is to lead students towards mastery, this is a program for you. It allows you to create that blended learning and it gives you that one-on-one -on -one time that you're really looking for with your students and it differentiates uh, all material for them. So the Modern Classroom program was life-changing and really has shaped my views as an educator. Wow, that's just so great to hear. And I love the point he makes about the model finally providing those tools that he was looking for. I felt the very same way. It changed my classroom. It gave me what I was looking for, especially, and I was talking about this in the episode about trying to find the ways to build those authentic relationships. It finally gave me the framework to understand how I could do that in my own classroom. And it's just so great to hear that other teachers had that experience too. So if you want to check out that mentorship program that Mr. Gerald did, you can find that at learn.modernclassrooms.org and you can sign up for the, the mentorship program. You can also just take the course for free. I mentioned that at the end of the episode. So check out all the Modern Classroom stuff at www.modernclassrooms.org. You can find everything you need there. It'll point you in the right directions to learn more about the model, learn more about our work, and learn more about the mentorship program as well if you're interested. So thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with another episode of the Modern Classrooms Podcast. Podcast.